Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Tyler Palermo is 25 years old and lost sight due to a rare form of retinitis pigmentosa. Growing up, Tyler always felt different, but put it down to vision loss. It's only been in the last couple of years that Tyler's had the confidence to come forward as a gender fluid person. Tyler joins me on the programme now. Tyler, many thanks for joining us here on the programme today. Now, this is a really interesting conversation uh, that I'm going to have with you today because I have to admit, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant on, on the subject of the terms non-binary and gender fluid. And I've never actually spoken to somebody that is, is you know, gender fluid and visually impaired as well. So for anybody else who doesn't really understand what the terms mean, can you explain what does gender fluid mean and non-binary? Sure. So I personally identify as transgender. Not all gender fluid or non-binary people will be comfortable using that term, but I understand transgender to mean not identifying as the gender you were told you are at birth. So I was told I was male when I was young and up until mostly recently. I've never been very comfortable with that. Non-binary would mean that your gender identity or expression falls outside of the binary, the two options that society kind of tells us we have to belong in. And that could mean a combination of male and female. It could mean an absence of male and female entirely, anywhere between or around those options. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. And that's what I find so fascinating about it, Tyler, because, you know, you're saying that that you were born uh, and you were told you were a male when you were born. You don't identify with that. You're not comfortable with it. But are you saying then that you don't identify with, with being female either? or Or do you? I do feel a little bit of connection with female energy, as well as male energy once in a while. The issue is I've never felt comfortable being what other people say male is supposed to be. I was never one of the guys, for example. So I'm still kind of figuring all this out myself, but I feel comfortable with the term gender fluid because that means, much like how water flows, you can go back and forth between figuring out where you're comfortable. So I'm kind of in between male and female personally. You know, that's what I find really, really interesting about the whole subject because I have transgender friends and I've met transgender people that Mm -hmm. actually had the operation to change to the sex, you know, of what they felt they should have been born. But if you don't feel either and you don't identify with either or or you, you change between it, then does that mean that that some days, you know, you dress as a female, some days you dress as a male, or, or do you just have your kind of own look that's kind of in between that, you know, is a bit fluid in itself? I think what we're all trying to do on a regular day is just trying to figure out what feels comfortable on us, whether it's jeans and a leather jacket for bikers or dresses and makeup for women. Most of those options have come out because We're told that's what a man should wear, that's what a woman should wear. But even sighted folks will pick out items that best represent them, even if they are pulling it from the women's section. I completely get that because, you know, I've I've often wondered, you know, why is it okay for, you know, a female to wear a trouser suit? But, you know, sometimes stereotypically people would would maybe frown on, on, you know, a man wearing a sarong. Because I know that David Beckham brought in the sarong Mm -hmm. a number of years ago and everybody said, oh, that's just, you know, that's that's women's clothes. Um, Whereas I actually thought it looked great. You know, I had a a couple of my male friends that 
that used to wear the sarong uh, with their, you know, long shorts or jeans. And, and you know, it, it was really funky at the time. But how long have you known that you were gender fluid? Because, you know, my friends that I've spoken to that are maybe gay or transgender, they would say to me that they knew from a very, very early age. Is that something that, you know, you were aware of? I knew that I didn't fit in very well from a very early age, but I mostly attributed that to my blindness. I thought that that's kind of why people were staying away from me, why I didn't fit into cliques, really. And I can't say that wasn't a huge part of it, but I didn't start resonating with the LGBTQ plus community as a whole until probably two years ago. I've had gay friends and transgender friends, but I didn't really know what it meant. It didn't mean anything to me at the time other than that I should support my friends and whatever their endeavors are. But maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I started questioning why I was feeling certain things and why I was getting looked down upon for having interests outside of what the masculine men around me were into. It's so difficult when, you know, you have anything about you that people don't think that conforms to the norm. And what is normal? I mean, you know, there's plenty of things in my life that I think are pretty normal, but other people say, <laughs> oh my God, you're nuts. Um, you know, and, and, you know, everybody has their own version of normal and that's the way it should be. So, you know, it must have been very difficult not only having to deal with your eye condition and near blindness, but also having to deal with the fact that you didn't conform to one sexuality. Absolutely. Uh, it's been it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge. I'm fortunate to have pretty good support systems. My family has been accepting of my situation. I have friends that understand what it's like to be part of the LGBTQ plus community. Some of the challenges I face with combining the two are not having the exposure to fashion and makeup and those sorts of expressions. I don't favor them all the time, but I have been able to get a girlfriend once in a while to help with painting nails or doing eyeliner or something. Despite not being able to see, I've learned to do my own eyeliner, which was terrifying, but I can appreciate that blind women do it on a daily basis. So if they can, why can't I? Well, do you know, I am a huge makeup fan. I'm completely blind. I've heard. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> and I put my makeup on every single day. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, fair dues to anybody that, that, you know, tries it because it is difficult and it's frightening because sometimes you don't know, you know, how you look going out the door. But I think the more you mm -hmm. practice, the more you you get it. And, you know, I think people forgive the odd little mistake, you know. And, and if you've got the right people around you as well, they'll say you've got a little smudge there or, you know, your eyeliner is a little sure. bumpy today. So, you know, practice does make perfect. But, you know, I think it's great to hear that, that your family are very accepting of it. I mean, you know, there's it's a relatively new term, gender fluid. It's a relatively new term, non-binary. I had never heard of it up until probably last year when uh, people really started talking about it. But obviously it's been around since the start of time because people don't just suddenly start feeling a kind of different way. This has obviously been, you know, going on for years and years and years. It's just now there's the, you know, it has a term. I couldn't really have said it better. There are transgender individuals, uh, male to female, female to male, and non-binary individuals who are in their 70s and 80s some who have been out the entire time, some are, who are just 
explaining how they've been feeling to their family and to the public now. It's definitely not something new. It's not a new fad. It's just we finally have a language to express who we are and how we're feeling. Which must be very, very cathartic to be able to turn around and say this is what I am and you know there's a terminology now and you know if you're anything like me you know you want people to accept you but and I want people to accept me but if they don't I'm not going to lose any sleep over it (laughs) too old now to actually care Um, (laughs) but at the same time you are what you are and you've got to be proud of that and and to have a name for it is is you know brilliant in a similar vein to how our identities have been around for as long as we can remember uh another thing that comes up pretty often is the pronouns i choose to have others use for myself so i was born male assigned male at birth which is a term that will be commonly used in the community amab or afab for assigned female at birth but i identify as neither or both sometimes kind of in between but i prefer to be referred to, if I can hear them, by they or them or their. So if I was talking about you to somebody else, I would say, I spoke to this person called Tyler the other day. They were an amazing, you know, inspiration. They were telling me about blah, blah, blah. So that would be the kind of terminology I would use rather than he or she or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. You might say something like, Tyler has a wonderful smile. They really light up the room. Oh, well, I'm sure you do, Tyler. I'm sure you do. But uh, how does that work then? for a potential partner? I mean, do you have a partner at the moment? And does it depend on how you're feeling, on, on you know, what sex you go for? Are you very defined in, in, you know, you wanting a girlfriend or a boyfriend? So for the listeners who might be a little bit confused at this point, there is a very distinct difference between one's sexuality and one's identity. One is who you are, of course, and one is the type of people you're interested in. See, that's fascinating in itself because I never thought of it from that point of view. So mm-hmm. you have your your sexuality and your your identity are completely different. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. So for most of my teenage years, maybe a little bit after, I thought I was only interested in women. But as I started to understand and appreciate other people who didn't strictly identify as male or female or who I knew to be male and asked me to start calling them she and told me they were transitioning, it puts a different perspective on gender, on parts of life altogether. So I learned that I could love and appreciate people either in a platonic or romantic way, regardless of what their gender is, which a lot of people will call pansexual or bisexual. Uh, in this context, bi would mean two or more, not just one or the other. Okay. So, you know, it's it's a fascinating topic. It really, really is. And I'm learning so much from you because <laughs> I think, you know, it, it's so difficult, you know, when you hear of a new uh, terminology, you know, being thrown into the mix of things, you, you kind of think of it as being a new thing and as we discussed you know this has been around for a long long time it's just you know it it has been defined now and 
that must be great for you when you are, are filling in, you know, forms and things like that. And you see, you know, gender fluid included in, you know, sex. But it must be quite frustrating at the same time that not everybody does do that. Right. It is a little bit frustrating at work. We don't even have an other field in our in our payroll system. So having a, a small struggle with them, trying to get them to change change the system. So I don't have to pick male or female if neither of them seem to fit me. But it's just little things that I think will catch up in time. Our communities are getting a lot of exposure lately. And that can be good or bad. But I think the more groundwork, the little things we do on our own are making a big difference. I took a step and just started talking to the young people around me, posting more about my experiences uh, on Facebook and Twitter. And I've gotten a really big response of people being grateful that I am, people telling me that they were able to tell their family that they were transgender, that they're more comfortable being bold in who they are because they see me and other people around them not being afraid to be who they are, even if it's not the safest environment or even if it's if we don't have the language to express it right away. But you know, that's incredible because when you think about it, Tyler, that's what we at the radio station are trying to do here every day, make people mm -hmm. feel inclusive, make them feel like they're part of, of something that matters, that's taken seriously. You know, we broadcast to a blind and partially sighted community. We are an information portal, you know, but we also are showing people that, you know, just because you're blind, it doesn't mean to say that you're any less valid than the next person beside you that, that might have their full sight or their full mobility or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's so important to try and educate people about things because I still get people to this day asking me, does your husband do your makeup? I still get people asking me, can you cook yourself or did your husband do everything for you? And, you know, that can be quite frustrating. And I know it's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, it's, it's not really the same as, as, you know, what you're talking about. But it is kind of because I'm always having to educate people about how to live as a blind right, person. Right. I think I might have a little bit of, I won't call it an advantage, but some practice dealing with the criticisms and the lack of understanding when some people after going through that similar path with blindness, with being partially sighted, having to explain to people on a daily basis how I accomplish small things in my life and how I'm not being taken care of by my family. And I live independently and just the usual things that all of your listeners will be familiar with telling strangers about their vision. Going through explaining yourself in that way, I guess it's kind of been practice for me. So I'm a little bit more comfortable being bold and explaining my, my circumstances with identity. Sometimes you've got to be that person that is the trailblazer and you've got mm -hmm. to lead the way for other people coming up behind you with, you know, similar, you know, interests or disabilities or whatever it is. And I always feel that, you know, as a blind person, I'm an ambassador for the blind community. We are all ambassadors for the blind community because we have to teach the people um, you know that are coming up behind us that are maybe losing their sight or have just lost their sight or you know family or friends of people that are losing or lost their sight we mm -hmm. have to be there to to educate so what you're doing is is exactly the same kind of thing and it, we need more people like you <laughs> to be able to to stand up there and, and say you know this is me this is who I am and you know, if you like it, great. If you don't, then, pff, you know, I'm getting on with my life. 
right, we can all get on in our own circles. How do you actually cope with the criticism? And, and you know, how have you coped with the criticism in the past? Because I know that, the, you know, as a radio presenter, not everybody likes what you do. Um, right. So, you know, you have to put up with the good and the bad. And you learn to have a, a thicker skin over time. But initially, it must have been really quite upsetting for you I'd imagine that uh, you know people weren't just you know accepting you for who you are that's something I'm still kind of figuring out I'm relatively new to this myself I know how I feel on a day-to-day basis but it doesn't necessarily mean I can explain it perfectly to the next person who asks I'm not a professional in gender theory or anything like that but most of it is trial and error. Well, you're still kind of finding your way, I suppose. And, you know, it's a bit like sight loss in itself. You know, you don't suddenly wake up with sight loss and feel that you're coping or you're, you know, you know everything about it. I've been blind for 22 years now. And, you know, it's, it's taken me a long, long time to get to know what I know about sight loss Mm -hmm. and the sight loss community and my feelings about it. You know, I completely just pushed it to the back of my mind, kept myself super busy for four or five years. And then all of a sudden, something happened to me in my life uh, that came out of the blue and I had a complete and utter nervous breakdown. And, you know, at the age of, of 23, I was broken. And up until that point, I'd felt invincible. I thought, you know, nobody's ever going to be bad to me again because I'm completely blind and everybody's going to appreciate that. And I'm just going to be the best blind person I can be. And I'm going to make everybody proud of me and feel that, you know, I'm the best blind person on the planet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying so hard and forgetting that actually I needed to sit and learn about blindness, learn about what was possibly going to be ahead of me. And yeah, I think that the big thing for me, Tyler, was having one foot in sighted world and one foot in blind world, instead of trying to be a sighted person, that size didn't work. And that's the way I considered myself. And now I accept I'm blind. I don't like it. I hate it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm going to live with it and I'm going to live my life to the full with it because there's no going back for me. It's never going to change. Absolutely, That makes a lot of sense. It's a great way to look at it. Well, you know, Tyler, it's been such a fascinating conversation today. It really has. And I certainly feel more educated for speaking to you. And it was a real pleasure and an inspiration uh, to a lot of people. So thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Now, Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's wonderful talking to you. And if anybody is feeling kind of like they're identifying with what you're saying, what is the best way to to kind of go about finding out more information? Well, I have one recommendation for anyone who feels like they might be resonating with the idea of being non-binary or transgender in general, have any real questions on their identity. There's a lot of information online, but my personal recommendation is that you check out a person called Jeffrey Marsh. Uh, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-M-A-R-S-H. They are a non-binary Vine superstar, uh, self-proclaimed. And you can find them on Twitter uh, or on YouTube. Vine, I don't think, is around anymore. But they've been very helpful for me in my adventures, we'll say. Well, Tyler, you've been so helpful to me today. You really have. Thank you for joining us. And the very best of luck with the future. Thank you so much, Jill. 
For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.